From the Trenches. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from SQL CFO. Joined with me is Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring. We are brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software and the outsourced accountant who have their destination conference coming up in the next couple of weeks. Conferences are going to be a big topic of conversation this week's show. Welcome, Paul. Thank you very much. Hello, listeners. Hello, all. Welcome to what is David? I can't believe it. Going through the show notes, but this is a we must be in a great, a great mood. There is a lot on the best column, not a whole lot on the worst column. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. I think that you have executed a growth mindset finally, Paul, <laughs> and found the good I've just in the found world. More worst on ground, listeners. You've you. found the good in the world, and you're only looking and picking out the good. It could have something to do with you going to a wedding for three days that literally had buckets of Bollinger. That a, may have boat. put you in the top end. It was a boat. I have. I have actually had four days off the kids, uh, and there was a wonderful party. Sydney, this certain couple uh, knows how to party. Uh, it got us some golf in too, David. Always love a good round of golf. Clears the mind uh, out walking. Anyway, David, what do you got? Give us business advisory services. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm always looking at business advisory services and I feel like it's something that's easy to talk about. More and more data saying that business owners want it, accountants want to do it, but there's this huge gap between how that actually, that rubber hits the road. And I picked up a comment on one of the Facebook groups. I must admit, Paul, sometimes the Facebook groups infuriate me because people should just go to Google. And But um, as a very wise person, Zero said to me, sometimes people are just lonely and this is a way of forming a connection with someone by asking for help, which I think is a good point. And if you're one of those people, then keep doing it because it's probably good. Nat Lennon posted in the small... Business Accountants and Advisors Brain Trust, Australia Facebook group. It's a hell of a mouthful. Business valuations, is anyone qualified to do these or do you refer? I'm always referring, but I get asked it a lot, so I'm thinking of doing it myself. Um, business valuations is one of those things that definitely falls in the business advisory services, and it's probably one of the more classic business advisory services, isn't it, Paul? Like, It's not the virtual CFO stuff. It's not benchmarking stuff. It's like accounts have been doing this for a long time. It, 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 very specialised, very big, uh, but good ticket item if you can do. They do sort of come up if you're in um, that industry, uh, but it, it raises some, some really interesting questions. So great conversation happening, including these questions. I guess this is one of the benefits of the Facebook groups that you get it, a conversation like this started, and Nat Lennon's done a good job to get it started in this case. Trevor Monaghan or Monaghan uh, has said the Chartered Accountants offers a qualification called a business valuation specialist. Here's the kicker. There's only around 100 of them in Australia. This is 120,000 CAs. It's probably including all the associates and students. Like, that is, that's barely any. Like, and I wanted to, like, I wanted to dig, I wanted to find out why. He makes the comment that when, so when you do it, you either sit an exam or they look at your past work. And he opted for past work. He sold his firm and all he does is valuations and forensic work. He's done 600 reports. And his comment is he still struggles to get professional indemnity insurance for it. Is some advisory work just not worth it? Because this guy's an expert. Like, there's only 100 of them. So, like, he's right and at he the top end of experts. David. If you read the comments further, I, 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 you're used to be big on the phone and doing other things behind the scenes. But I'm actually... Uh there is a he's got an app. There is an app called value, Business Valuation Expert. Very interesting. We'll probably bring that uh, in a future 
show. But look, I think this is, this is really interesting. Um, clearly, for for years and years and years, and accountants look, have been told that there's two types of valuations. We think. Like there's the there's you called it a curbside before yeah very like light net assets bit of forecasting bang here's your report and that's going for a couple of grand in the market and then there's the we're going to do a three way forecast and look at your strategy and if Lance was here and say we've got to do Monte Carlo modeling there's the more complex things, that's which the I see no version yeah well I think that's what Trevor's talking about the more complex ones but anyway on that I think it's really interesting I think you, you, exactly what you said there and I, and I see it no different to property. You have two types of property valuations, where they, and that's where I get the curbside from. You send a real estate agent, go, look, give me an indicative, I won't hold you to it, versus the actual what the banks what the banks need. Certainly for me, I think accountants are well versed to do it. You get you brush off the old template, David, uh, and and run a run a few uh, running the financials through some models. Clearly, where you're only doing it for. The business owner's indicative, there's nothing uh, riding on it risk-wise. Very similar to me and your point about in uh, about are there certain services that accountants just just can't do unless they have to fully invest in it. For me, uh, financial planning and, and superannuation is getting a lot of that way. Coming out of the Royal Commission, the absolute amount of paperwork. Like, it is just ridiculous. There are financial planners you can't walk into a... You can't walk past a client. You can't brush past them in the street without issuing them a statement of advice. And an it invoice. It is just crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those, they're getting on 70 pages. It is just crazy. Uh, we should move on, though. Uh, my best on ground. If, if you search for the Business Valuation Expert app, I don't know, I think he white labels it, and the firm he's got is Climax Business Valuations. I think he's very passionate, Paul. I think he is. Uh, anyway, the, what's your best? My best. That's all. Oh no, I've got one more. You go. The Optus, uh, Optus in the bad books find six point four million for misleading claims about the NBN. Very interesting uh, article coming out of my business. The A Triple C have uh, have issued this fine, slapped them with a fine, uh, emailed a total of nearly 140,000 of its mobile customers back in, uh, in 18, claiming their home broadband services would soon be disconnected. Bit of fear-based marketing getting on there uh, and urged them to make the switch before it's too late. Uh, very interesting thing was uh, that the competition watchdog did uh, ultimately find out that uh, some of the internet services that were apparently being disconnected were of competitors, not even of Optus. So there you go. That is just uh, trying to trash the competition. Arguably, there's a little bit of this. We often talk about using an email database um, and the fact you can't tailor it and you get, do get a, a couple of these. Uh, again, just just this, this fine around creating this false sense of urgency um, when clearly their other forms of internet aren't being uh, aren't being disconnected, there wasn't that uh, fear needed. Six point four mil, uh, not massive for a big company like Optus, but pretty massive given that otherwise it's just a little bit of marketing hyperbole that uh, should no fear based selling. Yeah, I, I wish there was some. I wish there was some similar <laughs> similar. Uh, I, I level. actually, I actually wish that you did some fear based selling. Because then freedom mentoring could be like you're a slave if you're not a freedom accountant and you could focus on I'm a on positive slavery. man, David. Oh, now you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's people driving off yeah. the road and, and yeah. screaming at the Uplifting. screaming at the, the, yeah. the phone going, uh, Glass really? half full, poor really? they call no, you. No, you know, I, I'm yeah. always, I'm Mr. Positive. Uh, Maybe it's anyway. because you had a Climax Advisory business valuation that's put you in a good mood. 
Uh, anyway, what do you? What else have you got? Uh, another Facebook group. Why did I spend so much time on Facebook this week? I have no idea. Um, it was in the outsourced accountants client group. Uh, so the outs- if you're a customer of the outsourced account, you get in, there's, there's about 500 firms in there and they sort of, you know, give you updates and try to build some community around their client base. We, of course, are a client through our EA Iben. Um, and one of the big objections with offshoring is around data security and information security. And they've just... Like they've just used this group as a way to, I think, very smartly visually represent how they manage it. So it's sort of like a picture, and it'll be up on fromthetrenches.com.au and in the show notes, um, where it says where you can take pictures and videos, and it's got a photo of that lobby, the pantry, the vanity room, I don't know what that is, and breakout rooms, which looks like a pool table, where you can't take pictures, work areas. Why? To avoid accidental recording of confidential information. You've got to remember um, a couple of years ago, Facebook got hacked because there was a photo of Zuckerberg and he had something on his desk and on a, on a post-it note. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, if, you know, Zucks can make the mistake. You, you can't blame an, a, an accountant for doing it. But I liked the way the outsourced accountant pushed this message through to their client base and... It's a smart way to communicate data security, which is complex and boring. I do like it. Uh, Practical example. Also good for clients. Often people sort of say, oh, that's an internal thing. You know, none of our clients would want to hear that. Also good marketing and because it is questions that clients have about data security. Uh, Absolutely. I got a couple you got more. more. Yeah, oh, mate. more bests, mate. Heaps. I got so many bests today Calm that, that down. I might even drop one. I Your don't positivity know. is intimidating. <laughs> I feel bad wearing a black t-shirt. <laughs> oh, Mister Positive. Uh, anyway, uh, Nando's Royal Blue would be Nando's. more appropriate. Uh, Nando's are offering. Now, I just had to check the date of this article, making sure. Yes, it is November in nineteen in twenty nineteen. Nando's are offering at table ordering technology uh, to say that you can you don't have to line up. Maccas has got the kiosks. Now Nando's are taking the app to your table. For me, this is really interesting because I can't believe in Australia it's taken this long. Uh, Listeners of the show, one of the very early versions of the show, I talked about going to the Greek islands with a family, remote working, every single restaurant, beach cafe, Anything, any kind of food place, bars, had all of their waiters and waitresses had an app on their phone, on their phone, ordering to the car, to the kitchen. I can't believe in Australia, arguably digitally more advanced than some of those uh, areas, it's taken this long. Crazy. But, but it's here. Uh, probably some good PR for Nando's as well. Of course, in a lot of trouble of late for forcing changes on their franchisees. Big court case uh, went up about about that change as well. The Nando's, my local Nando's, shutting down. Paul down in Glenferry Road, Melbourne. Yeah. It's been there for. There you go. I used to go there during uni. Maybe they didn't pay the compulsory upgrade fee. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to connect the dots, but I am connecting the dots in my mind. Fair enough. Uh, last, a little, a few, two more for me. The I, I didn't know this existed, but I am a little bit of a grammar Nazi uh, myself. The Apostrophe Protection Society has closed. Uh, sad day for, for, for lovers of, of correcting the apostrophe. Uh, but interesting, the comment around the person who's 90-something years old, I think, so, so, so had a fair interest. Um uh, the apostrophe warrior gives up the fight, and his quote was that it was because the ignorance and laziness of society uh, has won 
over proper grammar. I thought that was just an interesting um, comment on society from someone who has invested so much time. In the show notes, David, uh, for those grammar geeks out there, is the ultimate guide, what I think is from apostrophe.org.uk, David, a guide to proper use of the apostrophe and also the news article. Ironically, on the society, uh, the apostrophe protection society closed down because they couldn't communicate their message clearly enough. Well, the, the bloke was a zing. So, oh, oh, yeah, get oh. it. Hopeless. Uh, the last one for me, just a very quick Twitter account uh, that I follow. That is just fun. I won't go into details on their account, but the big four tweets. It's just a very tongue-in-cheek, like light-hearted commentary on being in big four. They pose, think, they pose interesting questions and fun questions. About it's funny. I think everybody can relate Comments to about talking to partners and about audit jobs and about uh, lots of uh, gifs and memes uh, going memes. around. Memes? I say memes. Wow. I mean, I don't know if you're right or wrong, but I, I say memes. Anyone out there, I don't know. Anyone out there, I say, what do I say? Memes. Uh, wow. So are you what all right? A, that's a... Oh. That's a thirteen minutes. That's a lot of. That's a lot of. Thirteen minutes of best. I don't know whether that's a record, David. We might have to look into the archives. But otherwise, let's get on to the other part of the show, which is worst on ground. You having a dig at startups again, Paul? Am I? (laughs) I'm still getting over the best, David. Um, Sorry, do you want to ride that that puffy cloud for a while? It's very comfy in the best. No, interesting. Less abrasive. I'll get it. I'll get it kicked off for sure. Uh, this one came to us, I think it was a LinkedIn post uh, by Chris Ridd talking about a, this is out of an article out of CNN Business, uh, dog walking startup WAG uh, raised $300 million at the start of 2018 uh, to unleash growth, as I suppose they all say. Unleash it. How arrogant is that? That's pretty funny. I'm going to unleash the growth. It's as that dog, easy. As a as dog walking dog startup. Dog walking startup. Ding, ding. Uh, then things got messy. Just a couple, oh, yeah. of, just a couple of really interesting <laughs> things for me here. The They landed a $300 million investment, interestingly, from SoftBank, uh, from SoftBank's Vision Fund. Of SoftBank, WeWork fame. For all of those uh, playing along at home. Uh, the ones who backed, seemingly rebacked, and then couldn't get the hell out of WeWork uh, in its absolute crumbling phase. The um, do, 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 what else? Uh, so launched in, in 2015, WAG was at the height of the on-demand boom. Basically, followed the Uber playbook like everyone does, trying to connect pet owners uh, with the network of dog walkers. Um, who work as, who walk the dogs as independent contractors, uh, got celebrity endorsements. Oh, doesn't, isn't that just de rigueur, David, of the startup playbook? Raised an awful lot of money before they actually had any idea whether or not it would work. A year and a half later, multiple rounds of layoffs, management changes, um, shuttered its customer service hub in the Hollywood Hills and just has largely left a trail of destruction. Can I just read a And paragraph? no promise. Can I read one paragraph out of this? Because sure. accountants will love this. Senior leadership at WAG was disengaged from the company and product and didn't have a good understanding as to the strategy needed to make it viable long-term, said Eric Weinman, who was responsible for analytical reporting strategy and analysis, so probably an accountant, concerning growth and user acquisition in 2019. WAG never appeared to have a coherent way to measure the success and failures 
they couldn't just put little bickies in front of all the staff and they did a good job. Nice. Maybe I'm not you're ahead well. of... I'm not, I'm no, that was, that was bad. That was the, fantastic. No, nah, nah, that was... Really? No. Nah. I'm going to tell my mum. She'll probably laugh. Fair enough. Um, just, just how many... I mean, I, I, how many do we have to go through... How many of these? I think how many does SoftBank have to go through? Well, yeah. is a very direct question. <laughs> they've got some. They've got some big problems. Oh, you've got yours, and then I have a massive worst on ground. Which while you do yours, I'm going to put into the. You can tell me what it is. No, nah, I'm going to put it in the thing. You go into yours. God, and then we're going to go. I'm going to have uh, a real crack at Tesla. My worst on ground, Paul. Uh, big news story came out on the 7:30 report talking about the wild west of shadow banks. These, of course, are the non-bank lenders charging between 20 and 150% per annum for unsecured, excuse me, unsecured and secured business loans. We know who they are. We're talking about it all the time. Accountants know who they are. 7.30 Report did an expose. And I think they missed the mark massively. There is two parts to the what. First, I first want to acknowledge it absolutely is a Wild West. It's a Wild West because it's unregulated and there is a $60 billion lending shortage in Australia because the banks aren't lending, there aren't enough companies, yada, yada, yada. There's lots of reports uh, around there and the Australian Small Business and Family Ombudsman has released a very robust report about it. So there's market need, there's lack of regulation. It's as close to the Wild West as you're going to get. That's not necessarily a bad thing, it's just the way that it is. My The reason this is making worst on ground is we saw this in the Four Corners coverage of the ATO debt collection scandal where the journalists are choosing to focus on, with respect, the Aussie battler hard luck story rather than the issues at hand. Now, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a super experienced storyteller, but I expect more from the 7.30 report in Four Corners, which are probably our two most hard-hitting current affairs shows, um, certainly more than a current affair and whatever the other one is, six, whatever it is. Today, tonight, I don't know. No, whatever. Something with Glen Ridge, maybe. The um, and I think they missed the mark. And I'm, it, I don't think this does a service. These companies who do this type of lending, in my opinion, one need to exist because we need liquidity in the lending market, and two need to be regulated so that people don't get burnt. There is always going to be a hard luck story with an Aussie battler who just didn't read the paperwork. Always. It's always going to happen. It's a part of an economy as big as ours with as many purchases as ours. You will always get these stories. When I first tweeted about this, my point was, if it's unregulated, the role of the advisor becomes more important because it's the lawyer, the accountant, the financial planner who's saying, have you actually read this document? If you don't pay this, they're coming after you. And, and the case in this story is horrendous. Um, monthly repayment fees were $37,000. I mean, it's just impossible to pay that. And, and it is a legitimate hard luck story. But I would have much rather a conversation about the issues in relation to regulating this stuff rather than the hard luck story. I, I, I agree in part, disagree in a whole lot of parts. Um, I've... I've been I'm back on the You're negative. Back. I'm back. I'm back. Back I've, to I've, regular I've, I've programming. Clicked. I've clicked. <laughs> um, no, no. Look, uh, David. Uh, uh, transparency in the fintech area is something I have been absolutely huge on for, throughout my whole career. It was since I've started seeing this. I think the focus on regulation is unfair to the fintechs. We had a look at what it's doing to financial services. You know, I don't think that the regulation... For me, the absolute overwhelming missing point of this is transparency around the fees. Now, a lot of these hard luck stories... But, but that's what regulation would do. 
Yeah, and it's targeted regulation. Like as long as we get, they've got the smart box one pages, which some of them opt into, and it's it's good enough. It's effective rates. That is really important, and and I think, and I think if we, you've got to mandate that because with these hard luck stories, and often that it's not, and a lot of the payday lenders, it's they hook you with what otherwise seems like a like a reasonable interest rate. It's the default interest rates. It's if you default. This turns into a thousand percent interest. This is this is where a lot of these these default things and and I think transparency around what happens if you're even a day late, etc. I don't think a lot of these as an accountant, David. I certainly know that I've had clients that have the first I've heard about it is when I've seen repayments. You know, I don't often get involved in the. In the in the, the in the preparation side, some of them are now sucking data straight in from your accounting system, so clients can circum circumvent or get around. Don't even have to ask their accountants. For me, entirely comes down to transparency and understanding of interest rates. If we can do it with sugar labels on food, and people are smart enough to say that. Sugar, you know, sugar in a in a in a packet of lollies per hundred gram is you know but, as but long as we're comparing but, apples with that's the wild west, which means lenders won't do it. A lot of them won't do it unless they have to, because they're not breaking the law. So why should they? And this is Afterpay did this aggressively yep. with an aggressive yep. board who fought the regulators and said, well. That right now, your laws don't cover us, and we're going to fight you despite all your pressure. And they've they've won. So there is far. a fail. There is a failure of government at all levels, and it needs it does need to be addressed. So in that case, I mean, look, I, if this article pushes regulation, um, well, it doesn't. I think it should. Yeah, I want them. I think they should be regulated. They shouldn't be regulated the same as the banks. I think that certainly, if business owners can see what the effective rate is, what the penalty rates are there will be lower demand for these type of loans because people will be scared and they won't do it. And that's why it's not being disclosed now because they can't get yep. the loan volume through. Um, but from a market-wide point of view, we've got this huge lending shortage. It needs to be met by someone. What, have you I was driving, no, Are going to start a bank? I was driving here Please today. No, I was driving here today and there was actually an afterpay banner over one of the freeways here in Melbourne. Um, and it was, it was a, a half-naked bloke cuddling at what looked like an inflatable flamingo. Oh, no, it's not Afterpay. It's a competitor. They spoke about it on Gruen this week. Anyway, it says, nothing will stop me getting in the way of, of getting what I want. This is like, you're talking about going into debt for an inflatable go. pool toy. This I'm, is just ridiculous. I'm going to send you a link. Go watch Gruen this week because those boys tore it apart. Ridiculous. Well, I haven't, I haven't watched Gruen, uh, so I go. can hand on heart say I that did I, watch it I, I was, was driving down the, the, the highway and I thought, that is just, that is just and ridiculous. So, do you know what Gruen's point was? Yeah, it's it's a terrible ad, it's terribly executed, but we're talking about it, and you're talking about it. Although you can't remember what company I, I, it is, well, no, and I attribute get, it to their competitors. But to be honest, but still, yes. I mean, and that's the thing for me is if someone signs up to a payday lender, at least you have the chance to read properly the terms and conditions. At least you get the one page. When you're making the decision, you're at the checkout. There is nothing it's left to do. How can you? How can you actually have it's understood? It's almost like if you took a loan from the mafia, the terms of the loan are actually more clear than if you got one of these loans. You're know, going to break your legs. Do you know legs. what should have to happen? That's the downside. Do you know what should have to happen? I know this. After paying all of these pays, you should be allowed to use it. But at the checkout, you need to use your login details because you need to have an account with these people where they've been more transparent about what they're... You can't just go and go, oh, do I swipe my watch? Um, you do need an Afterpay account. 
put it on the credit card. See? Are they transparent? How do you use Afterpay without having an Afterpay account? But I think you can create one. You don't have to have already pre-done it and gone through any che- Sorry. Like going through checks or actually being... Anyway, interesting. What's but- your surprise worst on ground for me? I want to have an honest talk. Oh, good. I'm glad I got to do all the preparation for it. About the conversation around Tesla's Cybertruck. Something really interesting. Forget the forget the hyperbole. Forget um, the share price Elon, increase. Elon Musk. Forget forget the window breaking and whether or not that was a marketing stunt. The, I actually hope it was. The media. Genius. The media coverage of this and 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 what kept going online is the figure that's often been quoted is Tesla have ten have already excuse me got. $10 billion worth of sales locked in. Yeah, amazing. Like $10 billion worth of committed sales. I did a bit of digging, David. Professional oh, sceptic. How Glad rigorous... Glad you gave me that opportunity. How rigorous do you think the... Um, anyway, I won't bother framing it as a question. In order to pre-order, you need a fully refundable, not even need to commit... But you you need to pay a hundred dollars. Yeah, there is fully refundable. You can back out any time and get your money back. Are you looking at the Motley Fool article that I've just researched to help me answer you on this? No, I haven't. Eighteen mil is the liability that they've calculated. I'm not talking about the liability. What well, I'm the talking deposit, the deposits the liability. It's it. refundable. But but who cares? You've got the money, even if you even if you stick it. But to actually have the kahunas. To claim $10 billion in sales, this is like some of these valuations. Actually, how many of those sales will come to fruition? Like that's, I, I can't, I, I just can't, I can't connect a $100 fully refundable buy. This is like giving away free tickets on a, on a corner stop to a third-rate accounting conference and claiming it as an attendee. Um, I... Don't have a huge amount of response, but I will put some. This is the power of brand. People will wait years for that. Sam Rotberg's been waiting four years for so his Tesla. This is, but this is not whether or not people will buy it. This is actually claiming that a fully refundable deposit is a is we're almost banking it. Well, like how a, else would you define a pre We're banking it like a guarantee. Well, we, we don't sum. know if it's on the accounts because they haven't they haven't submitted any accounts. Well, yet. I presume that but they it, haven't banked is the it full not, ten is it not, mil. Is it not? Well, you'd hope not. Is it? That's fair to call it a pre order. They're calling it a sale. In a lot of, but this is how the media and and how other people have, have spun it more than anything else. I just find it really interesting that it is effectively, it's, it, I mean, it, for me, it's nothing short of an expression of interest. Yeah. But then you're extrapolating an expression of interest out to a full fifty thousand dollar purchase price of a vehicle. Like it's, it's, it's. I think it's akin to just putting your name down, going, "Yeah, of course I'm interested. Yeah, put me on your mailing list." Anyway. Is Tes- Tesla, because they're listed, unlike WeWork, is much more regulated with what they disclose in their financial statements. I'm not talking. I'm so talking you- about the brand. I'm talking about the marketing of it, not about the actual. This is, this is the power of the brand. This is the power of hype. Speaking of hype, I strongly encourage everyone to listen to this week's in-depth episode Absolutely. because what are we doing, Paul? We are talking about uh, Accounting Conference 2.0. We're going to start some hype. Dream. We're going to be crystal clear. We are hyping things up. 
We are. Absolutely. Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you have any feedback, uh, were we right or wrong on the uh, on the cyber truck? Should Paul give David more notice to have an honest conversation about something? Well, yes, normally, normally, we won't go into that. Uh, or and we, were we too? Were we too happy, listeners? Otherwise, reach out uh, on any of our channels, Paul Meister on LinkedIn for me, uh, or Paul Meister underscore uh, David's on the normal, usual channels too. Uh, Twitter and LinkedIn, Dave. Have a look, Dave. 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 Uh, otherwise, have a great week. See ya. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul Meissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the Trenches.